Hey guys, welcome to 12 Questions. We, hey, we're coming at you live from the... It was, um, I was watching the, the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4, uh -huh. because I write for drag queens and it's my job. And uh, so I was watching this and uh, the uh, they kept having all these commercials for prep, which is that uh, ants, it's like prevents people from getting HIV. Uh -huh. And there was a moment... Where, because sick for me is such a interesting, like hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Like I can, I feel like we should add sick to it. Mm -hmm. I was sitting there, and for a brief second, I was like, "Hold on, maybe I get a lot of colds because I have AIDS." And then I was like, <laughs> "No, you don't." So you ordered prep? No, <laughs> no, I don't. I've been tested a bajillion times because I'm a little obsessive about that kind of health. But um, hey, same here. Get tested, guys. Get tested. Um, but See if you get just, something for Christmas. It was like, oh well, that's a fun, that's a fun place. My brain went. That's exciting. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm still. I think we've all gone through that point in our if life. Anything interesting? Yeah. So where, where we feel like we've all gotten AIDS. I think <laughs> if you have never, probably not. Yeah, you if you've never been like, mate, I I might have AIDS during like every STD test. I feel like I'm like, oh, this is it. This I, is it. I once went to the last time I went to the Planned Parenthood is when I first started dating Stuart because I'm a very responsible partner, mm -hmm. and he uh, and the the nurse came out and she gave it a real reality show reveal. She was oh, like, God. she was like, hold on. She's like, I need you to come talk to me for a second. All serious, right? Mm -hmm. She pulls me into the back office, like into a hallway, not even to like a full on sitting area. And she was like, I just wanted to tell you, your results <laughs> are negative. And I was like, <laughs> how did you? Who the fuck are you? I was just like, did you just? Is this uh, your demo you reel? It might be in punk. You just fucking punked me right yeah. now. I, I laughed. I was like, that's some real Planned Parenthood shit when they're like fucking with you. That's really funny. When I was in uh, college and I took my girlfriend at the time to a Planned Parenthood. This is how dumb I am and unaware of my situation. I'm driving up to the Planned Parenthood in Texas uh -huh. and they keep it nice and tucked in this like cul-de-sac back sure. there. You have to find it. And I see this lady at the corner, and I'm like, hey, do you know where the Planned Parenthood is? And then I, she just gave me this dirty freaking look. And I was like, what's her deal? And then I drove past her, and oh, then my, girl, her? my girlfriend said, did you not see the sign that she was holding? Oh, <laughs> fuck that lady. Um, bless her heart, I mean. Yeah. I, uh, fuck that lady, but not fuck our guest today. Yeah, we we've been rude. Yeah, we need to introduce our guests. <laughs> how how you know you know the drill? How would you like to introduce yourself today? Um, uh, I I don't remember the drill, but um, hi, I'm Zane. Hi, hey, Zane. Zane. Hello. It's uh, nice to be here again. Thank here you very you much. Uh, I oh love gosh. that the podcast has grown out of the basement of the comedy store and into this beautiful podcast studio that you've created oh, yeah. for oh, yourselves. Thank you. you know, you it's know, sometimes, very welcoming. Sometimes you all grow places. You know? I know. Sometimes they just can't hold you down anymore, and oh. you have to flourish. You and you're doing that. Be, you have to become an earth dweller and not a subterranean like yeah, that's right like mole men person. What, what you guys can't see is that uh, <laughs> we're all sharing. Uh, we're well, not sharing. We're all drinking emergencies. Yeah. We're all having coffee. Anna's in a robe. I'm in mm -hmm. a robe. A robe that looks like the sky with clouds in it. It's really 
looks very soft. Amazing. Like you, like you could hug too. this guy. Alex yeah. has not one but two vapes out on the table, <laughs> which is that's right. You know, I I, I, I didn't think anyone ever would need more than one vape at a time, but Are he's kidding killing me? the game. He, hey, he you must not know pros. <laughs> he brings two because when I'm not sick, sometimes I'll have a sneaky hit of vape, which is the lowest form of caffeine mm. consumption. Like, not caffeine, nicotine consumption is like when you're not bumming a hit of a cigarette but mm-hmm. bumming the hit of a vape i found a new rock bottom for nick <laughs> i feel i feel like i'm impressed with myself i mean you could always just open up the cylinder and lick a little bit of the vape juice <laughs> Shit, you're right but then he'd have vaporized sick like you know what i mean i can't go near that right now that's not okay. safe for him the, the heat would kill him? it see two vapes douchebag on the surface compassionate co host on the, the sur- beneath yeah. the surface that's I, how i roll i feel really bad because now that we're out of the subterranean depths of the comedy store um where all of the just the dreams of comics have just seeped into the floor uh-huh. and then down into the basement uh, There's I also lots of cum. I usually cum. have like a full spread of snacks, but I'm completely out of food on account of I'm not well. But also, That's just I figured no one would want anything I prepared <laughs> at this moment. You're correct. So a box mm-hmm. of emergency is exactly is exactly what I have. You're a very I, conscientious host. I you, do my you best. Usually I'm have not fishing, but I like what I caught. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you usually. Uh, but provide orange slices, but today we have orange flavored emergency. More, so it is the equivalent. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. still orange themed. Thank you. Um, okay, you're here. You're back. You have an album. Yeah, I hey. did. I, I I put out an uh, my very first comedy album this fall. It's awesome. I'm really uh, happy about it and proud of it. And I think it's uh, it's really good. And it's um, available on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere. And what's it called? It's called uh, Zane Helberg Live from Rehab. Mm-hmm. And it was done accidentally. I record. It was recorded on my phone. I record my sets, and I do this one. Uh, show every month that's just so good and um a buddy of mine mentioned in august he's like hey you know you're probably ready to to maybe put together an album and then i was listening to uh re-listening to some sets Uh you know just transcribing them as you do Mm -hmm. and i went holy shit i got an album you know so i had like an hour and uh 24 minutes of of stuff that like that most of it's not in my act and a lot of it's like dealing with hecklers and crowd work and just riffing and, and some stuff from when I first got divorced that was just like oh, some really emotional cool. stuff. And I remember uh, you coming to uh, the, the big wings, Mike, and just opening up and just going to, going to fucking sad town for about like 20 minutes. It was great. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I appreciate that. So anyway, I cut the, I cut <laughs> the album such down. such a comedian thing to say. I was so happy and so excited to hear about your pain. <laughs> <laughs> it was honestly on a on a life level and a comedy level the greatest thing that ha- has happened to me in a long time. Divorces are worth it. I mean, you don't get divorced because things are going well. Yeah. You get divorced because they aren't, and you're trying to 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 get better. You know, so it was it was we shouldn't have gotten married in the first place. That's a whole other podcast and another story. Oh. But mm-hmm. you know, well, you've been on this podcast before, and I want to hear it. I want to hear that story. What do you mean? You Spill the tea, Zane. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, um, 
because we talked to you last time. Okay, so what do you want to? Where, where do you want me to start? What do you want to know? I mean, what do you want to say? I don't want you to feel violated in this moment. No, I, I don't feel violated. Okay, I don't feel violated at all. Um, I'm an open book. Um, I mean, I I talk about all this stuff in my act, and so um, I'm and I'm very open about uh, what was going on. But and it's on an album, which I'm so happy. I love that concept, by the way. Like live from rehab is amazing. That's incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate very on, that. Very on brand. What, what was so it was just dealing with like because rehab crowds are crazy a little bit. They're very talkative. <laughs> yeah, I mean this. I don't want to say where where it was recorded because it's like you know I don't think I'm allowed uh, to. But um, HIPAA and shit. I mean I can say where it was recorded, but I don't. They don't even know that it was recorded there. So I'm not I even, would not say it then. yeah. So I'm just keeping it. It's that. all under wraps, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you're listening, can I make a suggestion? Please buy it off of iTunes. Um, always listen any way you can, but iTunes pays their artists better than Spotify. Yeah. If you want to purchase the album, if you're, if you got it like that and you're trying to buy okay. it, please do. But you can always get it, um, on Spotify, Apple music, YouTube. It's, it's parsed out into, into, tracks you can't like listen to the whole thing all at once but the all the tracks are on youtube it's everywhere everywhere you stream stuff but it's um i don't know it's i I think it's great and uh and yes so um the truth of the matter is is that i was in a uh a relationship that was just god not working in so many ways um you know, both of us dealt with drug and alcohol um, addiction, mm-hmm. of course, and um, and in the end, she she did not want to participate in sobriety any longer, mm-hmm. so she wanted to dip out. Which is kind of a deal breaker for our community. It's like, that's a tough one. I mean, the way there was a number of reasons not to air out my dirty laundry publicly on a, on a, on a podcast (laughs) like this. I don't know. I just, I, I, I just, uh, I mean, she had a lot of issues that, that, um, that I was, a caretaker for for many years and in the end she left and it was not my uh decision however i was staying in something that i really deep down didn't want to be in and so she and i don't know god did for me what i definitely couldn't do for myself where were you staying why was I staying mm-hmm. in the relationship? Yeah. Uh, because I thought that she would get better. I thought mm-hmm. that she would get back to this old, the old self that I knew. And I thought that um, I would um, want to, I thought that essentially this is what I would want someone to do for me if I was in a relationship with them and and going through hard times, I would want someone to take care of me, stick up for me, be there for me, 
for better or worse, yeah. right? But in the end, what I was doing was abandoning myself today so that at some point in the future, I would be taking care of myself. You know, like I was making emotional deposits mm -hmm. in this person's bank someday for I'll, future withdrawal. Yeah, mm -hmm. Someday I'll be okay if you're okay. Well, like someday I'm going to need this yeah. type of support. So I'm going to oh, make it for you now. Conditional. Because, well, I mean, not really conditional. I just thought like this is what I would want someone to do for me mm -hmm. in, in, in hopes that if I get sick one day or mm -hmm. if, I, if I start going through it um, one day, um, you know, this person will reciprocate because they're my partner, my mm -hmm. fiance, my wife we've made this type of pact but the 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 truth of the matter is is like i didn't really i didn't really want to be doing that you know i thought that it was the right thing to do i thought that um you know i was i was i thought i was being her friend but in the end she left me anyway so i never got a chance to see whether or not um the that type of I don't know, friendship would be reciprocated. But I mean, I don't know. It's just, I, here's the thing. I, I always thought I knew what, uh, like how to do a relationship. Mm -hmm. I could be in a long-term relationship. I was with uh, my ex for six years. And so when people ask me about, uh, you know, people would come to me with their relationship problems and I would and I thought I knew everything. I thought I, <laughs> I thought I had the right answers. I thought I knew what you were supposed to do. Um, I thought that I, I knew um, how to keep a relationship together and how it was supposed to be. But now I, I really, I just don't even know. I don't know what the right answer is. I, um, uh, I feel um, right now today much better than I did a year ago much better than I did two years ago. Um, I feel more like myself. I feel like I'm taking care of myself um, and you're more. you comedy again? Because I knew for a while you disappeared off the scene. Well, I mean, that had nothing yeah. to do with the relationship. When, when, I, uh, when I quit doing drugs and drinking, I, uh, right. you know, I, could, I, I was un completely unemployable. Mm -hmm. I, couldn't get a, I couldn't get a job to save my life. So I needed to take a few years to learn how to be a productive member of society. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that meant instead of doing comedy seven nights a week, uh -huh. sitting at open mics 10 hours a night, right. you know, waiting to get up, you know, I, uh, I, I worked and I, and I learned how to, to, to have a job. And then I learned how to be a manager and I learned how to have, um, have employees and I still did comedy a couple days a week. You know, I popped into open mics here and there, but it was, um, yeah, that hadn't, that had nothing to do with the relationship, the relationship. I mean, in, in, in the end, the relationship was, um, it really didn't have a, an effect per se on, um, my career choices or my like the amount of time that I would want to do comedy. But you know, when I left 
my job to do comedy full time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had her support, but it was like it became like we went from being very financially stable to having a ton of financial insecurity. My mm-hmm. pay dropped by a third mm-hmm. and I was hustling for my money every day as opposed to having this steady salary. So can you say where you used to be employed? I don't want to. Cool. Um, it's just not important. It has nothing related to do with uh, the conversation, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it, I'll tell you one thing, financial security mm-hmm. makes being in a relationship very easy. Oh, Mm-hmm. You know, once once financial insecurity comes into play, the rubber really meets the road when it comes to um, like what a person is willing to tolerate, you mm-hmm. know. So when and like, I don't know, you know, some people are are are, are you know, everyone's different. You know, some people need uh, need to have financial security no matter what. Yeah. You know, but I traded financial security for personal freedom. Yeah, those people are not comedians. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and I get it, there's a certain amount of financial security I have to I have to have in my month, but like I also I had my sponsor told me right away, she was like, If you're gonna do this, you're gonna have to let go of that concept and you're gonna have to have the lowest overhead you possibly can in order to have more creative freedom. Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, yeah, yeah it was... It, and here's the thing. My life hasn't changed since my income decreased. Yeah. Except it's just not as extravagant. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I've got to plan more. And um, i got to hustle for my money. So um, it just... So, you know, sometimes I just don't know where how the bills are going to get paid, and then they just you know they end up getting paid, and here we are. And, and you know, I've been doing comedy, it's only comedy, for what's it's February, so March, April, May for twenty one months. Wow! I've been able to make my living doing just stand up comedy, and it has been there have been some good months and some really really. <laughs> thin months and uh there like last last year there was a lot of weeks where it was just oatmeal and fucking pork from ralph's and <laughs> and uh, i feel like thin months eggs. are like a version of thin mints but like for poor people that have more vitamins in it and like hey here's a thin month <laughs> yeah oh god Dude, with all that said like that brings us you you almost well you practically answered our first question like what does surrender look like to you Oh yeah, so surrender to. So th- I guess that that does bring up that that question wraps up the entire point of this. What I've just said is mm-hmm. that like um, the biggest thing that I've uh, learned over the years, and I'm really trying to really embrace and practice, is like um, being true to myself and understanding that I don't owe anyone anything at all, and that this is my life and I'm allowed to take whatever path that I want to take. And, um, you know, I've surrendered to whatever outcome I'm going to get. 
I'm surrendered to whatever result I'm going to receive from this particular path that I'm taking. I, you know, I've, um, I've chosen, uh, comedy and art over a relationship, financial security, job, uh, certain uh friends and x y and z and and however that is going to turn out is going to turn out but it's been the thing that um you know i'm doing the thing that i absolutely love to do and i'm doing it on a daily basis and the for me and this is not true for everyone because some because people derive happiness out of different things right but for me um you know, I, um, I love financial, I love, uh, I love for the freedom to do what I want on a daily basis. I love, uh, working for myself. I love not, um, being beholden to anyone to show up somewhere on a specific time, um, you know, and clock in, uh, and you know, I love, I love doing stand-up. So, um, you know, I guess I've just surrendered to the the idea that this this is the life that I've chosen, and we're just going to keep moving forward. And, and however it plays out, is it's going to play out. You know. What's the most insane moment that you've dealt with, like in and out of you know sobriety and rehab? Uh, what do you, What do you mean? What's the most? Ins- that's a very general question. I'm gonna try it this way. What's been the most insane moment in the last couple of years that you've had to like? You've had to deal with in this like moment of surrender, whether it's the um, the moments with like making this choice for your creative freedom, or dealing with you know the grief and loss of your relationship and the ch- the life changes. Like, what's been the most insane moment there? I don't know. Like when I think about, when I think about the past couple years, there's a couple standout moments. And when, uh, you know, the day that, that, uh, my wife said that she wanted to leave me Mm -hmm. like that moment was just, that was not at all what I was thinking. <laughs> I was. It was the day after Christmas last year, and I'm. Playing, oh, what a bitch! I'm playing. Alex. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm playing sorry. video games. I mean, the poor, the poor girl. Who knows what? The poor, <laughs> the poor, this poor fucking girl. Sorry, but just, I'm playing video games. Oh gosh. At, sta- I'm standing in front of the television like at a six year old playing video games. At least let me take down the fucking lights for God's sake. But I'm, uh, hold on. I'm I'm eating blueberries, playing video games. <laughs> Kind of just dancing, thinking about God. You know, my 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 life. You know, it's great. I just had just had my parents uh, staying in, in my apartment. We did a Christmas. I enjoyed myself, and um, and I was able to uh, get nice gifts for everyone, and and it was. I had fun. I was having fun. Yeah. And so she's uh, she goes, "Hey, can we talk for a minute?" And I think. <laughs> I'm like, I, I honestly, I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know what? I've been pretty selfish. I've been playing video games uh, all morning. Let's, I think she wants to like talk about what we're going to have for dinner or, or who knows. Maybe she just wants to commiserate on what's going on. It's a miracle that you thought about that, by the way, because I've dated video game guy a bunch Uh and video game guy, um, 
once the video games are on, they're they're locked in. Well, you know what's funny? I'm not video game guy, but every December I take a month to uh, get whatever the newest video game is and just check out a couple weekends during yeah. December. It's like Treat my own yourself. personal staycation yeah. is the, yeah. is the video games. So I don't even remember what I was playing, but it was awesome and I was enjoying it. And um, she, I turned the video game off and I sit down and she's like, I, I basically lo- long story short, like the, the, what was like a three hour conversation basically was her sitting down to be like, I'm leaving you. <laughs> I was Whoa. like, what? It, what? So you didn't see it coming in. No, all. no, I had been, I mean, I had been, I under no circumstances thought that she would want to leave at all. The things that we had been uh, going through, um, she had been struggling a lot, a lot, a lot. And I was doing my damnedest to show up, take care of her, be there for her. And the last thing in the world I would think was that she would want to leave. Like I had done nothing wrong. I was a fucking Captain America over here just being in my opinion I was owning up to my side of the fucking contract you know for better or worse and she was definitely having a worse she was on the worst side she was not going she was not well by any means Mm -hmm. and um and so I was shocked it was the it was just like really, you want to leave me? Like if on paper, I'm the one that wants to leave you. <laughs> you know, if anyone was you? gonna look at this relationship yeah. and say yeah. which one of these two is gonna leave the other, I'm the first string here. I'm like, I'm the first draft pick. Like, how dare you? I mean, not <laughs> and not even that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, I I showed up when most people would fucking leave. Yeah. Good God. What? <laughs> what? Uh, was she happy? No, she was. I won't. I, I, she was definitely not happy in the relationship. She was not happy in her own life, and the things that mm-hmm. she was going through um, were, you know. Were you happy? N- um, no, but that's the thing is that like I, mm. my happiness did not even come into play. I was so focused on. Um, showing up and doing the right thing that I was completely abandoning myself and my own happiness. So anyway, toxic. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't toxic is the wrong word because it wasn't like there, it wasn't volatile. There were no fights. There was, it was just, um, hard, you know, Mm -hmm. going through, um, drug and alcohol addiction, especially someone who's like struggling with it and not really being honest about it and being in and, in and out of the hospital, which is what she was doing. It was just hard. And, um, how much time did you two have when she got, when you two got together? Oh, we, we met before we got sober. Okay. We met in a bar, um, at a mutual friend's birthday party. And then I don't know. Yeah. We ended up getting sober kind of there's like a a lot of there was volatility around uh me quitting um doing uh drugs and drinking and her um her as well but at this point there was just it was it wasn't toxic it wasn't volatile Mm -hmm. in the way you would think a toxic relationship is yeah you know it just there was just a lot of um a lot of me not taking care of myself at all Mm -hmm. um 
And yeah. And so anyway, when she said that she wanted to leave, I was shocked. I was, it was the last thing I thought that she would want to do. It was fucking leave, but she did. So in that moment, I thought, uh, I got to have a drink. Like I threw up immediately. I was like, it was such a shock to me. <laughs> I threw up and then I was like, I got to have a drink. And I was like, I can't drink. All right, maybe I'll just smoke some weed. And then I was like, I can't do that. So I, I, uh, I, uh, I called uh, I called a guy and we went and had tea and um, <laughs> at Denny's. The look on your face right now. It was just, <laughs> just oh, what a Denny's day. too. Who goes to Denny's for tea? That's a <coughs> that's, that's another rock bottom. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what we do when shit hits the fan. The first thought is like, "Fuck, I got a drink," and then it's like, mm-hmm. "Fuck, I should get high," and then it's like. Getting tea okay. at Denny's is worse than drinking. Fine, I'll call <laughs> someone, and then you call them, and then you go somewhere and you eat shitty diner food, and you don't act out. Yeah, so that's what I did, and uh, she left shortly after that. And in, mm-hmm. in the end, it's like she did for me what I couldn't do for myself. You know, I was in a relationship that that wasn't working for me, and it you know her her life wasn't working for her, and so we split up, and it was it was great. I shouldn't have, uh, you know, we the both of us stayed in that relationship longer, years longer than we uh, really wanted to, wow. and it just, you know, that's kind of how the cookie crumbles for some people. You know, you just get, um, you get comfortable. Um, someone's like, you look at a person, you're like, this person's my friend. Yeah. You know, this person has done so much for me and I've done so much for them. It's like that, that's really what was holding the relationship together for me. It's like, you know, I've, um, I felt like I owed it to her, you know, it was Mm -hmm. just like, it just, it just felt that way. And I know now and I'm working on the idea that that's not true. Like I don't owe anyone anything ever except mm-hmm. to myself. And so, um, you know, the the past year has been a lot of waking up to that whole idea that um, taking care of myself is the most important. I don't know. The well, that's that's like. The whole thing that's like what life is is like you know taking care of my own uh my own feelings uh my own needs my own wants looking inward uh for you know because there's this like there's this part of me that that looks outward for a like a hug you know a a metaphorical hug from the world mm-hmm. you know I, I want uh i want it from uh i wanted it from alcohol uh i got it from uh, alcohol a lot when I first started drinking and it, and I got it from weed too. I would drink and I would just, everything was just okay. It worked perfectly. It cured what was going on with me perfectly. And then it obviously stopped working. And so I had to stop, you know, using because it was you know ruining my life. Mm. But I look a for it. Into like a, a headlock. Yeah. So like I look for that in from people. I look for that from, from everything, food, um, exercise. It's just like, I'm constantly looking for something to fix my problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this year has been a really, a lot, a a lot of this year has been about waking up to the idea that I, um, am responsible for, um, 
giving myself that hug, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and taking care of my own needs. And, um, and it's, it's a, like a new concept for me. Mm-hmm. And it's been, uh, it's been harder than I thought it would be, you know, to, to really, to really parent myself. Yeah. You know, when I was first, when I first quit drinking and, and using drugs, like I was a very much a child, you know, I, I had no idea what basic responsibilities were like just showering every day was difficult, you know, and then getting a job and holding a job was difficult. And I like slowly got, came to this point where I was like, I was, uh, became like a fit parent, you know, like I, I could take care of things throughout the day, but what I was forgetting to do was parent myself. So like, I'm kind of learning how to like take care of myself in that, you know, emotional way and, and do things like eat when I'm hungry, sleep when I'm tired and not just pay lip service to those ideas Mm -hmm. you know you said like you were using that acronym halt Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the podcast and i you know would would hear an an acronym like that and be like oh yeah yeah my hungry angry lonely tired whatever let's like you know Mm -hmm. you know if i was upset i'd be like oh i'm probably hungry you know i should and and, but i i didn't i didn't look at those basic fundamental needs as being a paramount part of my life like making sure that i that i eat healthy and um, get enough sleep and do my laundry and um and engage in conversations with people that are meaningful and surround myself with positivity and you know do the job that I want to do and and like like all of those things a lot of like self-help guys will be will will use as their the flags that they fly you know yeah. but like those things are like the fundamentals of like being a human being that I just like I disregard as like secondary acts throughout the day you know and it's like because we don't deserve it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Yeah, maybe we I, subconsciously like. Oh, I don't deserve to to be a, a normal, average person. You mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. So I don't know. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I love um, it. It's like a whole new you in the past. Like you said, like you're waking up now. So how do you make decisions now as this new Zane 2.0? Oh and when Alex says new, you know, it's interesting. Like I remarked on your physical, like you look, you look like you're taking care of yourself because you're exercising and you're eating well. You've got like but, a sweet stash. I'm trying to grow out one of those and it's been a struggle. Like if you have any secrets, oh, tell me after the podcast. You just got to keep coming back, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, can put, the stash. you can put some organic Just never let it go, you know? Yeah. I, I got the Jamaican castor oil. Yeah. It's uh, slowly but surely, maybe. I think, um, but you, there's something about you that seems legitimately different. Like hmm. there is a... Um, a calmness. Um, there was a, sort of like an edginess to you before, almost like um, 
a little like agitation, not quite anger, but just like there was something, there was just something under the surface and that appears to be calm now. Well, I agree with you. Um, I'm working on that. Yeah. Specifically working on, uh, on that whole thing. Like, there's so much going on underneath the surface. You know, there's for years, I, I guess my whole life, like I was, I would feel something and then it wouldn't be okay to feel that. So I would stuff it down Mm -hmm. and, or be upset that I was having this particular feeling. And then I, and, and it was usually feelings of like pain or sadness or, um, you know, not fitting in um, or anger, whatever, you know. Um, and this started as a kid, you know, you, you, you were like getting bullied in school or like or not getting a good enough grade or whatever it is for you, you know. You know, you get these feelings that come up and it's like, you know, some people learn to like feel those feelings. And I wasn't one of those people. Mm. I, I like would have bad feelings and I would be like, this is wrong. This is it's bad to feel this way. So I'd stuff it down. And then I started using drugs and alcohol to stuff it down. And then, you know, now it's just over the course of a lifetime, it's become a very, um, a very ingrained thing to yeah. not feel my feelings. So yeah. what I've been working on is allowing uh, allowing myself to have feelings, feel them, give a voice to them, talk, really talk about them. And instead of like a, uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, when you, you know, when you work like a, a program and you, you do like a 10th step, you, you know, call a guy and, and be like, Hey, I have this resentment or I'm feeling X, Y, and Z and you know, they'll flip it on you and be like, okay, well, what's your part? What are you going to, how are you wrong for having this feeling? How are you being selfish? How are you being dishonest? How are, where's this fear and how, and how, what can we do now to get rid of those? Mm. Right. And right now I'm working on when those, when feelings come up like, Hey, I've got a resentment towards someone or, or, Hey, I'm angry about something. Um, or I'm upset for any reason. Um, you know, I'm working on, on talking to people who will go, okay, that's okay. I understand. It's all right that you, that you feel that Mm -hmm. way. Maybe nothing's wrong. Maybe nothing has to change. Maybe you're just supposed to be upset right now, and that's okay. And that's that is a foreign and new concept to me. <laughs> like to just to be able to, because here's the thing. Months ago, if you asked me how I was doing, mm-hmm. my answer would be good, happy, angry, sad, sleepy. It would be these very basic answers like that's all the like only th- the poster with the faces on. Yeah, yeah right but now it's like how am i doing well it's complicated there's a lot going on mm-hmm. you know um i and 
am having issues uh, and feeling oh, um, resentment uh, towards, uh, you know, exes for some relationship stuff. But, you know, I had a good night's sleep and I feel pretty good and I liked breakfast. But I also kind of am a, uh, uh, a little dehydrated because I, I, I need some more water and I kind of got to pee. And I'm kind of a little worried about this event that's coming up in a couple weeks. And I've, I've also got um, having a great day. I got to talk to my mom on FaceTime and that was fun. So there's like right now there's a lot of different things happening mm-hmm. and that oh they're all okay yeah. and 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 allowing the negative with the positive to like coexist mm-hmm. is something that um that I'm really trying to just like a uh, uh, hold space for and allow and like within my body you know so um yeah, I think that's uh that's the that's like the new that's the new thing right now. That's like the flavor of the month and hopefully it becomes like becomes more of a like a more evolved I, I hopefully at some point I'll be able to have a to give a more evolved description of what that is and like but like these are the things I'm working on right now. I yeah. think that's great, man. Cuz yesterday I had a ton of anxiety. I was just like I woke up and my chest was just pounding and I was and and before you know, I would I mean recently before I would get in an argument with this girl I was dating. And then before that, if I had anxiety, I would eat. And before that I would smoke weed. And before that I would drink. So like there's, there was, I was always looking for something to cure the anxiety. Like, Oh God, this is bad. I have anxiety right now. What's wrong with me? What's going on? But now the, the new process is I have anxiety. Okay. What's, what does that feel like? Okay. Is it as bad as I think it is? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Well, what else is going on? What are you thinking about? How are, how are you feeling about that? What do you got going on today? And so as I start to like calm down about having anxiety, I start to be able to allow space for that feeling to just be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, wow. and, and instead of putting, instead of trying to get rid of it, I just let it be and, you know, lo and behold, throughout the day, other things happen, that anxiety exists, it doesn't exist, it goes away. Like, I'm not the type of person who's clinically, has a clinical anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I'm not bipolar, I'm not manic depressive. I, I'm thankfully not at all someone who uh, is sick and needs professional help. Mm-hmm. However, when I woke up yesterday, the, my first thought is like, I need to see a doctor. I need to be, I need to, I need to take Xanax now. Like that's, <laughs> you know, and that's just not yeah. true for me. No. You know, so, um, so yeah, it's, um, it's been an, an enlightening process. And I think that might be why I, I am coming across a lot calmer because I'm working, actively working on just being more patient with myself and uh and you know someone told me a very a very smart guy told me i was uh i was dating this girl this last year and um and she wasn't acting the way i wanted her to do but i I was always letting her off the hook and he goes 
he, my, my buddy goes, look, I was like complaining about this girl, or whatever. He goes, Hey man, next time you want to let this person off the hook, why don't you just calm down and let yourself off the hook? <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> and that, that, that whole concept just blew my mind. Yeah. So for now, I don't know, weeks, a month or whatever, however long it's been since he said that I've been really focusing on letting myself off the hook for everything and sometimes i'm good at it sometimes i'm not sometimes you know eating a a, a donut at night is my version of letting myself yeah, off the hook but it. you know it's um yeah. in moderation right yeah through this process, it's not yeah it's not 20 donuts through this process like what's the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself oh i think i over i think i stepped on the decision making thing do you think that that makes the decision making thing yeah he said it uh, I believe Zen, you were saying like that that's your flavor of the month. You don't realize, you don't know what the, the answer is to that question quite yet. And okay, so what's what's the? Out. I I kind of got lost in what I was saying. So what's the new question? The question is, uh, how do you make decisions now? Being so seeing that you you have this whole new lease lease on life. Well, right now, before I make any decisions, I'm talking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm running stuff by people a lot. By committee, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm, And then what I'm doing, honestly, is listening to my gut a lot. You know, my gut and my head generally have uh, opposing opinions. And a lot of times I, I will listen to what my head says and go against my gut. And then afterward, I feel bad. So now I'm trying my best to make decisions based on what my gut really wants me to do. And a lot of times, my gut wants me to walk through fear, which has been very interesting. Um, You know, just for the, you know, a quick example, the just on Monday nights at potluck, just walking across the room, the full room to check in at nine o'clock, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and with, without knowing whether or not the host is going to, to, you know, allow me to put my name on the list. Um, that just walking through that fear, um, was impossible for me last year. And now it's just like, you know, I'm really focusing on, on, taking the contrary action and, and doing what my gut wants me to do and whether or not they put me up, it doesn't matter anymore because I've at least done what I can do to take the action and, uh, and, and ask, mm-hmm. you know? So what I've found is that even on nights, uh, uh, when I don't get up and, uh, uh, I still feel good because I've, I've done what I've done my part. The good is in the effort. Yeah. Right. So. Awesome. That's awesome. Just to take on that crippling anxiety that it, that is walking across the the potluck. Right. That that's crazy. And now like with all that, what is the most interesting thing you've like discovered about yourself in the past couple of years? This is for your dating profile, too, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the most interesting thing 
that I continue to to learn on a daily basis is I don't know fucking shit. Honestly, like all this stuff is just like my experience and my opinion for right now, but it it could all change. And it all it constantly does my like my perspective and my viewpoint on what life is and like what it's supposed to be changes constantly and um I I never know how things are going to play out. Yeah. Every single day I think of what the future is going to be like and it's never played out that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm and I just keep being amazed at where my life is today because I never would have thought it would I would be where I am today because I have this idea of of how it's all going to work out and it just never does. It yeah. never ever works out the way I think it's going to. And, uh, yeah, it's, so that, that's always the interesting thing to me because I don't know, I constantly think I, I know what's best for me and I constantly think that I know what's right. And I'm, and I'm always just running into experiences that, that change my mind about that all the time. Just, yeah, it's nuts. (laughs) How honest are you with yourself and others? Um, with how honest? I don't know. <laughs> on a scale of like, like one to yeah, ten, yeah. God, some days I feel like the the biggest fraud and liar, and some days I, I do a great job on the surface when it comes to like uh, conscious like lies. Like I'm pretty honest. I don't. I don't. I don't tell lies. I tell people what I, you know what's on my mind. I tell people what what uh i'm thinking and you know if i say uh if if i say i'm not gonna be somewhere i'll tell you why you know more or less um what about that you know checking your gut sort of situation well that's the thing that's the new thing is that like you know i've been lying to myself my whole life you know and in what sense well well, like for the example, I was in a relationship with someone that I didn't really want, I didn't even really want to be in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And then I got married to the person, you know, so I, my gut was telling me this isn't right. Something's not right. This isn't right for so long. And I was just ma- negotiating with myself for years, you know, I, and I do and, and have done that with so many things. Um, and that is the that is one of the struggles and one of the things that I'm working on 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 changing is that like what's going on what I how I'm feeling what's going on in my gut what like what my inner child is telling me to do mm-hmm. like those are those are the like those are the truths that I'm trying to, to get in touch with because I, I can, I can, you know, I can negotiate with myself and I can, and I will negotiate myself out of my serenity all the time, you know, from something as, as simple as having a, a fourth cup of coffee to, um, staying in a relationship to getting a job to um you know uh going to do a a show that i don't really want to do or work with someone that i really don't want to work with like 
um, yeah, I can, I can be very dishonest with myself, you know, about what, what I think's best, you know? So, I don't know. What do you think that stems from? <laughs> where do I think? Loaded question. <laughs> where do I think that stems from? I, I've got no idea. Honestly, fear. I'm yeah. guessing. I'm just, th- I'm just, you know, throwing shit against the wall, hoping it sticks. I, I've got no idea where that <laughs> comes from. My childhood. I don't know. My upbringing. My, my. Uh, you know where. Uh, I don't know. I've got no idea. I, I think I might need a psychology degree to actually answer that question <laughs> properly. But um, you know, that's just maybe it's just human nature to kind of battle with yourself. I've mm-hmm. got no idea. How do you, no, go ahead. You talked about anxiety a lot earlier. Like, how do you, I feel like you've answered that question though. Like you, how you experience anxiety just by letting it, letting it see through, letting it soak, letting, you know, going through the thought processes. Yeah. I mean, I experience anxiety right now. Like it's, uh, you know, it feels, I feel tightness in my chest. I feel shortness of breath. I feel a frog in my throat. And, um, and it is, uh, it's painful and, you know, I, I experience, I just experience it right now. Right now I'm just like trying to talk about it, trying to, um, talk about the, the, whatever the emotions are underneath it, what the feelings are underneath it, try to be honest about, and that, this is where I can, I can get very dishonest because like, you know, you're standing out in public and someone asks you how you're doing. Yeah. It's like, I can't get into that right now (laughs) because I might, I might fucking explode or burst into tears and we're standing at a gas station. (laughs) Totally. Totally. You know? So I'm like, if, if someone's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I got a little bit of anxiety right now. They're like, Oh, what's going on? I'm like, we can't go there right now. Totally. You know, I'm just here to get gas. I'm not here to build the stage. Right. You know, so it's, um, I don't know, this whole thing, like feeling, just feeling, uh, my feelings and not, and not, uh, trying to change them is, is new. So I I don't really know what what the right answer is. No, that that's, that's your answer. I I like that phrase. Like you don't really know the answer to it and that's fine. Cool. I'm sorry, Anna, what were you saying earlier? No, that was it. (laughs) Can I take a, a restroom break? Yeah. Absolutely. All right, we're going to pause. We're pausing. Uh, yeah, I try to be. My dad is, uh, uh, my dad always had people in the program over because he was in the program. And so, especially on Sundays, and he would make like carnitas and all kinds of food and stuff. And so, I try to be a good host when people come into my house or and, you know, until I can pay folks to do interviews, I like to at least do something nice, you know? <laughs> You're the best. Yeah. I just, I try to. I stole that from Lady to Lady. I don't know if you've ever heard that podcast, but they have a full spread of snacks and stuff usually. Oh, so. amazing. Um, but, yeah, but they, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, try to people treat people kindly. But, honestly, when people do come over to my house, Alex can attest to this. I'm like... Listen, I have three things to cook, and I will cook all three of them if you want them. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I'm crazy. Anna's like the that. only person I know in LA that has a milk warmer. Uh, yeah, I have a steamer. Steamer, yeah, milk That's, steamer. See, I don't even know what it's it called. It was a gift. <laughs> it yes. was a gift, which is so gift. nice. Yeah, it's it's been very good for hospitality purposes, but 
Let's get back to it. What were we? We were on that seventh question, I think. We were yes. on the seventh question. Yes. What defects of character have you worked on the most, Zane? <laughs> Recently, I've been working on not beating myself up. Mm-hmm. That's been like, for the past like three months, that's been the number one defective character that I've been working on. It's just like, just like take it easy you know take i've been trying to really take it easy on myself i can be a a perfectionist and i can and i can be very much um just unsatisfied with myself and i've been you know just really actively and doing better at it on some days than others, but I've just been really trying to be a guy that's like, you know what? This is me. This is who I am right now. Mm-hmm. And that's it. This is what we get, world. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> let yourself off the hook a little bit. Yeah. More. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's freaking great. How do you, I mean, experience forgiveness? You've had to do a lot of it recently. I don't know. I feel like the way I'm asking the way I'm asking questions is gonna send him to a meeting immediately after this. No, you're you're good, dude. Um, How do I experience forgiveness? Well, I don't know. Forgiveness is something that takes time, depending on what you're forgiving, Mm -hmm. right? So. I guess what I've experienced is that I know that I am in forgiveness mode when I start to feel compassion towards the person I feel has wronged me. And, um, and yeah, I think, you know, it's not, always easy to you know look at someone and see where they're coming from but Mm -hmm. the the quicker i can see where someone's coming from or see that i might have acted in the same way if i was in their shoes the quicker i can get to the compassion and the easier it is to forgive someone so you know i know i've i know i've started that process when I, when I, you know, look up and it's been, you know, it's been a while since I thought about this person or it's been a while since I thought about this particular scenario. It's like, oh, okay, I must be, I I must be over it. I must have, you know, found some, Mm -hmm. some sort of forgiveness because it's not constantly, you know, they're, they're not taking up or renting so much space in my head. That's great. I had a moment where I got all caught up in my feelings and I had to forgive. I don't even know how I'm going to approach this like this. I was at the gas station the other night and they were they were pumping gas into the station because people had just been going to that one. It's right on the corner like of Olympic and La Brea. And that that's where I'll be most of the time if someone wants to now kill me. Now more yeah. people will go there. Yeah. <laughs> it's an Arco, so uh, <laughs> you, you'll see it. And there was this uh, 
homeless lady, you know, walking around asking everybody for change, giving the whole sob story. You know, mm-hmm. well, see, that sounds insensitive. She was like, I got two kids in the car. I'm like thinking in my head, oh, I've heard about this one before. And the homeless problem is so rampant in L.A. that uh, I was just like, oh, whatever, I'm not. And I told her, I was like, sorry, I can't help you, but I, I there's a, a women's shelter in downtown that helps out a lot. There's a women's center on Melrose and Clinton. Uh, I suggest that. And she just gave me the dirtiest look, and she walked away, and then I looked to my right as I'm sitting in the car waiting for my gas to fill up, and she's just standing there just scowling at me. And I was like, oh, whatever. And so finally, I... I finish pumping gas and I drive off and then there's somebody driving slow on my street and I'm just like screaming out the window and then my wife is sitting right next to me. She's like, oh, I can't believe you're, can you not do that? And I was like, what the fuck? You need to let me have my outburst. How dare you? Like, don't, don't, uh, don't do this right now. And so she gave me the silent treatment immediately and then afterwards I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. I hate this thing. And anyways, Boring story short, I ended up having to call my sponsor and talking it out. And they were saying, like, I haven't I haven't gotten to a point yet where I can for, forgive just that, that whole situation. People making me feel uncomfortable. People, you know, inconveniencing me because I'm all high and mighty. Because mm-hmm. I'm on my high horse and I need to just get off of that. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to forgive I'm going to forgive my wife for that. And I'm like, what? Like, that sounds ridiculous. Like me, that that's just a, a tale of using forgiveness the wrong way. So I just had to apologize to her and realize like I could help to avoid that whole situation by just giving that lady a dollar. It's not, it's neither here nor there. Why am I getting caught up in this whole like thing? This whole situation. I don't know why I share that story, but um, it was on my chest and I'm just trying to I think forgive you're... myself, I guess. I think you're relating to Zane real hard right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. You I can let it. yourself off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> I had to let myself off the hook for that. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, my sponsor said probably the funniest thing I've heard about myself since my sobriety. He said, I'm acting like a middle-aged white woman. <laughs> about like, hey, there's like a, there's that, like a women's shelter across town. And then... My wife said that also, like, she tagged it up. She was like, yeah, you're acting like a real Janet right now. Janet. And now anytime I act up in that whole, uh, get in that headspace, she's like, hey, calm down, Janet. Calm That's down. Funny. <laughs> That's funny. No, I, I mean, my, ex- the reason why that question is in there is it took me years to fully understand forgiveness. It actually took me my second, third time through the steps, maybe second or third time. And, um, second time. And what happened was, is my, um, I was doing therapy and I was going through, um, I was single and I was, uh, had my sponsor had me do a a forgiveness exercise where um, it was out of Sermon on the Mount. It was like a the, the prayer from there, but adapted to not be religious. And, um, and I would write these letters to people. And I realized I had to, she wanted me to just start with my coworkers. And I realized eventually it had to be everybody in my life. And so I started to do that. And it was 
maybe some of the hardest work I did because I had to, I had to experience the thing again. I had to think really hard about it. And then at one point, my sponsor said, okay. And I'm sharing with her all these people that I had written these for and all this stuff. And she goes, oh, there's one missing. I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you haven't forgiven yourself. And and in the middle of this, I went through some of like the gnarliest like self-work I had ever been through. And it was my first time through therapy. And um, she said to me, it would be like, she goes, I know right now that you feel like you're in a swamp. I would come out in the room and I would, my roommate at the time had like 25 years in the program and I would look at her and I would say, I'm so glad I'm not in a relationship right now because I cannot handle dealing with me emotionally and taking care of me emotionally and anyone else in my life. And she would just laugh and be like, (laughs) baby, you're doing the work. There's a casserole in the crock pot. And then I would just like go back in my room and, um, and she, my sponsor said, you know, it's going to feel like one day you woke up and you can see the sun for the first time. And that's true freedom. And that only comes from forgiveness. And it was because she made me, she said, before we even try the ninth step, we, we have to do is we have to, you have to fully forgive everybody before you ask people to forgive you. You have to understand what the process of forgiveness is and that it is a process. And so that's, that's why that question is in there, because I always thought you just got over it or you just let it go or any other fucking Instagram memes that we talk about when it comes to dealing with hurt and pain and the experience of loving yourself and that other person through that moment. And, um, and that, that's why that question is in there, because it is for me an experience and a process. Oh yeah. Forgiveness is definitely a process. It takes a long time. And, uh, if, if, if it's deep, if the wounds are deep, it takes a long time and it's, and you know, like how long do you think it'll take for you to forgive your (laughs) ex-wife? Oh, I've, I've definitely, um, wouldn't it be nice to set a date? That's like the first time I went to my therapist's office. I was like, I'm going to be here for six months and I want to deal with my anger issues. Three years later, (laughs) three years later. You know, I, um, I have, uh, more than forgiven her. Amazing. I mean, here's the thing. Like, because I know what it's like to struggle with addiction mm-hmm. it was and ha- and has been much easier for me to understand the choices that she made and um that's why i said you know the poor girl it's like she's suffering i wouldn't she's suffering yeah i mean maybe she's not now i don't know we haven't spoken in a while at that moment we she she was suffering you know we were both suffering and um and you know i wish her all the best seriously i wish her all the best um and you know it's it's definitely um i don't know it just uh, finding compassion praying for compassion praying for for forgiveness um is the easiest way to stumble upon it. 
Have you, you forgiven know. you yet in that situation? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his eyes rolled like to I'm the first working floor. on it. it was great. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I'm, totally I'm definitely, yeah. I'm definitely working on Cause the, we, the the whole forgiving myself for many things thing. When you, know? when you were talking about betraying your gut instinct, which is a thing that I struggle with a lot, mm-hmm. I totally felt that because that's where I get the most frustrated. Like if I have a rip roaring shitty resentment against somebody, it's usually because so many times in that relationship or in that situation or whatever, I went against my gut instinct. I went against my true north. I was like, thank you, Compass, for showing me the way and right. I'm going to throw you out the window. And that always for me is like the worst. That's for real. What's been your the, your most surprising amends or apology? Uh, gosh, I mean, I haven't had to make a like a proper um like big amends in so many years. Um, I guess what was the most surprising? I don't know. I stole from a job, and and they uh, they didn't make me uh, pay the money back. That was surprising. Yeah, I hear a lot of guys that always get uh, worried about the amends they're going to make and what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was the the surprising thing for me was that it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. You know, that's a lot of guys will will, will balk on doing an, uh, a ninth step and go out. And, you know, or, or like, or just sit in it and just not do it and stew in it. And they'll say stuff like, well, I, I just, I just, you know, I don't feel like this person owes an amends or, or, you know, what if, uh, what if I go back to, to this, uh, this store that I shoplifted from and then they, they throw me in jail. It's like, I don't know, man, nothing is ever going to, and especially in the amends process, nothing is going to turn out the way you think it is and so like i just remember being terrified mm-hmm. about making amends and in the end feeling really great because there was nothing to be worried about in the first place do you think that the things that you're doing now your self-care things that you're doing now are living amends to yourself and the people in your life um i haven't really thought about it like that but sure, I mean, yeah, I'm, I am, I, I, I guess you could categorize self-care as a living amends, you know, mm-hmm. there's been so, you know, so often I have, uh, you know, disregarded, um, you know, disregarded what I really want to do or really, you know, what I really need. And so, um, you know, I guess that's a harm. Yeah. You know, that's, a, that's, that's, you know, being very harmful to myself. Yeah. So, um, you know, whether or not I'm making a living amends to myself, I definitely owe myself an amends, you know, a very real tangible version of that. And, um, so yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, every, every special donut I eat or (laughs) every massage that I get, or every time I don't like, Every time I, I don't pick up the phone and talk to someone that, that brings negative vibes into my life, like that's high like, five. I'm not touching your sick. No, yeah. <laughs> high five. Quarantine, but high like, five. Get you know, it. Every time I like, 
every every one of those little uh, yeah. little every time I do something that 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 is taking care of myself, I I give myself like this. I take a little celebratory moment to be like, all right, that this is this feels good, you know. So that feels sure. It's so that yeah. could be a living amends. I love that. Oh, yeah. My sponsor calls those people every third call. That's what right. they are. They're every third call. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's some people are nuts. Some people want, some people are just, I feel like they're put on this earth to like suck energy from others. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, here's the thing. I don't think everybody wants to suck energy from me. I think that certain people will see that in me and will be like, oh yeah, like they power up, but they don't do that to everybody. It's something about me and how Ooh, I okay. engage with them that invites that in sure because that's I, that's a real that's a real issue for me i totally understand that that's you, a real you, issue for you me. let your energy get sucked from, from oh. yourself do uh, you let other people suck your energy mm-hmm. i i say i have resting therapist face people just come up to me and they're just like i'll be like how are you doing and they'll be like blah 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 and i had to i had to have somebody make it very concrete it was again my sponsor if somebody asks you how you're doing and we, if you ask someone how they're doing and they just talk at you and then you don't ask, they never ask you how you're doing, then those are not your friends. Those are people that are barfing on you and sucking your energy. And you don't have to stay in those conversations and like um, to just like be okay with that. Or, or, or weirder when somebody is like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing well. And they're like, what does that mean? I don't always have to answer that. I can just be like, it means I'm doing well. I'll see you later. And then just like shuffle <laughs> away. Yeah. It's hard to do in comedy too is because we have a lot of very emotionally intense people with a lot of unresolved issues that think that that's talent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here, Anna. Jesus it is, Christ. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. You know, like, you know, we're all, I, yeah, I, I empathize with that. What does your spiritual practice look like day to day? Um... Okay. On average, meaning most days, meaning four to five days a week, not including this morning, but, uh, but yesterday. And, um, I, I wake up and with enough time to, um, uh, uh, this is the way it'll go is like, I'll wake up and I'll, I'll jump in the shower Pray, I've been praying in the shower, getting oh. on my knees in the shower to do it. Yes. What? With the water like just running over you and all that? That's a yeah, very that's as showers go. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll be. It's a very spiritual thing to yeah. do. I've done many a shower prayer, hands and knees with a salt scrub because salt is very cleansing for your <laughs> okay, soul. I'm okay. telling you, that's a very powerful thing to do. So the morning routine, when done perfectly, goes like this. Okay. Up. Sh- up what shower time? what time doesn't matter right. just enough time to do it you mm-hmm. know if like i have an, a a place to be at 10 or 11 in the morning i i rarely am getting the morning routine done i'm a i'm a guy who wakes up generally around like 9 or 10 and um i try to plan because you know oh, we're working at night a lot mm-hmm. i try to to plan my day like an early like getting up early for me is like getting up at eight thirty or nine yeah. o'clock. So if I can get up, at, it's comedy six a.m. If I can get yeah. up uh, at nine, I'll get in the shower, pray, 
get out, make a pot of coffee, sit down, meditate for 20 minutes, then drink the coffee and read, write, and then relax. And that's my general morning spiritual practice. I like to ease into my day and I like to take a couple hours to do it. If I can only get an hour, that's just fine. But ideally I will, um, I will spend a couple hours being with myself. Um, uh, you know, and it's very important that it's, you know, meditate, read, write, whether that's, you know, writing comedy or goals or doing, you know, writing inventory or whatever it is, whatever I'm working on at the, at the moment. And then at night, um, at night I will, uh, meditate again or, um, do some sort of like quiet time. And sometimes I'll journal. Sometimes I won't. Um, sometimes I'll make like nighttime outreach calls to a couple guys that, um, that, you know, I do that kind of nighttime, uh, routine with. And, um, and then I guess the only other like spiritual thing I'll do is, um, uh, I guess I'll, I'll pray, uh, here and there throughout the day. If something comes up, I'll, uh, make outreach calls, you know, go to meetings, those types of things. So, and I don't know if you rem remember this, but when I was getting sober, Zane was my second call. Oh, that's cute. I reached out to a guy who I know was sober, and he was like, call this guy. <laughs> that's true. And then Zay texts me back. He's like, text me back in three days if you're still sober. <laughs> that's funny. And, then, and now we're here where you said that it's, it's fucking great. What, is it, what does your relationship look like with your higher power? <laughs> yeah let's hear it i mean these questions like like every literally every question i should just have answered i don't know you know it mm -hmm. changes all the time I'm, I'm, you know like it's perfect it's just like you don't have to know you know i don't like really know i've been so like there's been a lot of me being angry at god this past year yeah really really pissed off at like and and I've been very much in the mindset of like, dude, like what is the point of all this? Why is there so much pain involved? Why does it have to constantly um, hurt? You know, and it's just like, and I blame, I very much blame God for that. You know, if God is everything, then he's this bullshit too. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. A lot of it, it's, it just seems so stupid to me, you know? And, and, um, and so, you know, what's my relationship? I guess the, the relationship is, um, I talk to God. He doesn't talk back. Sometimes I talk to him with a big fucking attitude. Sometimes I'm yelling at him. Um, and you know, sometimes I'm, uh, I'm, you know, Sometimes I'm, I'm, what's the, what's the best way to describe it? Reluctantly thanking him, you know, just sometimes like, uh, and a lot lately it's been like, it's been like, Hey man, you know, I was taught this prayer that goes, uh, thank you for everything you've given me. Thank you for everything you've taken away and thank you for everything you've left me. And then I start to like list all of the things that have been taken away from me that I don't want back. 
mm-hmm. right? So that kind of puts me in a um, in like a better um, a better position of gratitude. Like, do I want my old job back? No. Do I want, do I want my ex wife back? No. Do I want si- the sixty pounds that I lost back? No. Like, and I can enlist a bunch of these things that are no longer in my life, and that's a, a great way for me to like find gratitude, yeah. you know? Um, and what were those three things again? It's, it's, you know, thank you for everything you've given me. Thank you for everything you've left me. And thank you for everything or thank you for everything you, you thank you for everything you've given me. Thank you for everything you've taken away and thank you for everything you've left me. So like what's been left to me, my, I have a, a, a vehicle that works. I have my health. I have all of my limbs. I have my apartment. I have friends. And like, those are things that are still in my life. It's great. What are new things that have been given me, you know, you know, some career stuff, this, that, and the other thing. Great. Awesome. But like the most important one for me is like the things that have been taken away that I'm really grateful for. Like that's like, that's the one that that really puts it in perspective for me. So mm. I don't know. My relationship with my higher power is like it's open. It changes. Um, you know, I feel very free to um, to curse at my higher power and yell and kick and scream and and um, and be a big baby about it. You yeah. Know? So um, like a, a lot of relationships that yeah. we all tend to have, yeah, we're, exactly. we're allowed to feel and. Have our outbursts. And <laughs> no, I love that. Oh, yeah, it's great. But I sometimes I don't even think that God's real, you know? So like... Yeah. I was just sharing about this yesterday. It's like, yeah. I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> the concept, my concept of a higher power has evolved so much over time. And now I know then there were years where I was just like, mm, I don't think that's a thing. And then um, recently it's been more along the lines of like, you know, I don't know, but it is. And, and it's that's like great. I know it's not me. Yeah, that's the know. thing that I'm pretty sh- pretty sure about. I don't know, but it's decent. Damn, like, that's the biggest one that I'm not. Yeah, the higher power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether there is a god or not, it's like I'm not God, so mm-hmm. I'm not the I'm not the arbiter of this whole life or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Zane, what do you want to leave with our listeners? Um. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. <laughs> if you listened to me for however long this asked, lasted. You asked to come back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to thank me. I really appreciate back. that. I really, I really, uh, if you've honestly listened to me this long, you are, I think, my biggest fan. And I'm really appreciative. And, um, and if you've made it this far and you live in Phoenix, I'll be at Stir Crazy Comedy Club on February 27th. And oh, if yeah. you find me on Instagram and DM me, you'll get free tickets. Oh, Ooh, I love this. That. So that's that... that's only for the that's only for the person who's listening right now and living in Phoenix. So if that's okay. if you've made it this far, get the then, treats. Then you're gonna get hooked up for being uh, for being a, a loyal listener. When are you gonna be there? Because I think this is gonna be out in a couple of weeks, but I can bump it up if you're gonna be there sooner. Oh, I'll be there Wednesday, February 27th. So February. that's in a week and a half. Okay, so we'll, okay. Yeah, we're bumping it up. We're hey, and if up. not, if if this, uh, if you, if 
you've listened this far and you DM me on Instagram, we will uh, we'll figure out um, some little special gift that that you can get uh, for for actually making it uh, through all of my bullshit. This was a great episode. I don't know what you're talking about. I am so honored <laughs> yeah. that you sh- like got vulnerable and like shared your story. And like, no, I appreciate you guys. Like, Thank you very much. You weren't much. bumper sticker in this con- podcast. You were getting real, real, real. This is really a this it. is a difficult podcast to do. Yeah. Especially when this is not easy. I don't know how to these are real to have these conversations. <laughs> yeah, these are real questions, and like it's like, oh fuck, people you, are listening to this. You said to me when I walked in, you were like, when I ask people if they're okay, I mean that they're okay on a lot. Are they okay on a lot of levels? It's like I'm the same way. You also have resting yeah. therapist face, apparently. 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 I love that. And also, if you're listening to this, um, uh, April, in early April, April 6th, uh, we are having a live 12 questions at the Before You Die um, uh, Comedy Festival that is in Anchorage, Alaska. So if oh, yeah. you are from Alaska and wow. you are into these kind of conversations, Jessica Michelle Singleton is going to be our guest. JMS. And we Don't have miss that. friend of the podcast, special guest co-host, uh, Carlos Delgado is mm. going to be there. So it's going to be real riff heavy, real funny. A lot of, a lot of conversations about, um, about uh, dealing with dealing with the feels of dealing with people who have the disease. It's going to be a real fun one. Yeah, during this time, guys, let, let's talk to each other. I think that yeah. that that's going to help us solve problems more though, more so than not because it's it's important to have these questions before yeah. we go off the deep end. Don't be afraid to talk to people about your problems. It's people are listening. We really and want to, to listen know how to you're theirs. Doing. Don't don't dump. Listen yeah. to theirs too. Yeah. <laughs> A, like I said, a conversation is two ways. It's a two-way road. Yeah. This has been a three-way road. <laughs> Anna, sorry. Alex, where do people find you? Oh, let's, uh, let's uh, shout out to Zane first. Alex, yeah. Zane, where do people Zane, find you? So where can DM, they can DM you? You can DM me at Zane Helberg. Spell that out for them. Z-A-N-E-H-E-L-B-E-R-G at Zane Helberg on all platforms. I only use Instagram. I'm not on Facebook and I don't use Twitter. So Instagram me at Zane Helberg. And get some of those tips on that uh, that sweet stash of yours, man. What kind of beard oil are you using? No beard oil. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Nothing. This is all, all natural. How dare you? This could be an issue of genetics. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can tell you how uh-huh. to grow a mustache. I've got, <laughs> I've got it in my blood. I've got it in my blood. Trust me. Let me get some of that blood smeared all over my yeah. Oh, that's gross. I am on all social media <laughs> at Dapper Duong, D-A-P-P-E-R-D-U-O-N-G. And I also will be in Phoenix March 15th. So Phoenix, where all have been you, Arizona's great. Uh, roast battles going on the road. I'll be battling the wonderful and lovely Joe Dosh, hmm. also a friend of the podcast. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. A lot of fun stuff coming up. Follow all of us. Anna, how can they follow you? You can find me at Anna V is found on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. Um, please follow our other podcast, the Brouhaha Podcast on the Unpops Network. And the last thing is... Um, uh, Mead Boys contributor uh, Tom Goss, myself, and uh, Nat by Mel are starting a new show. It's a, a monthly show on uh, at Oino Vino in the uh, in Silver Silver Lake. Is that where that is? At Water Village. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's going to be the third Friday of every month, and uh, it's 
called The Unrepresentables, where we double dog dare the industry to show up and discover some people that they've overlooked. So um, please come out, be a good audience for that. Um, Make it so uh, folks in this town can't ignore all these beautiful people anymore. Um, And Zane, if nobody's told you this today, uh, we love you. We love, I Z, love you. And we love you. Yeah. And, and Alex. We love you too. If nobody's told you this today, we love you and I love you. Love you, Anna. And if you're listening to this and you haven't heard this today, we love you. We love you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye bye.